Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of The Marketing Natives. We have a really good episode for you. Christian and I are talking about three big things happening, um, and especially whenever we met uh, Ramit, uh, we're talking about that a little bit. We're also talking about his book, how it's impacted us. There's three things that we're gonna cover in this podcast, um, and that is what is automation and how it can help you and your business grow. We're talking about hiring employees and giving freedom, and we're talking about systems and how you should have them in place and what types of systems you should have to help your business grow. Enjoy. This is the Marketing Natives, providing actionable ways to grow, improve, and succeed in your business. And now, your hosts, Christian and Aaron. So, how did you meet, not meet Ramit, but how did you get introduced to Ramit and his books? Happenstance. I don't know if I told you that or not, but well, I was actually in Dallas over there at Firewheel, and I was with Brianna one time before the, uh, like my flight left. Went to a, a Barnes and Noble, and it was just browsing around personal finance and like business books and entrepreneurship, and like his book's called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich," and I was like, "Oh, yeah, I want." Very I was, catchy title, right? Yeah. And then you go through it, and I was like, "Okay, this is just some kind of get rich quick scheme kind of crap, basically." And I went through there and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty good. I think the book was like 10 bucks. So I bought it and then I read like half of it on the plane. And then I was kind of like, I don't know, hooked at that point. I don't even, I think I subscribed to his email list or whatever else, but I just started reading the book. I don't know. Did, so did you introduce me to him? Yeah, I, I think, think I told did. you like, hey, buy his book. <laughs> like, yeah. really good. And then we yeah. were kind of like going back and through, forth with it. Because I think you were going through it like in 2010 just give a time frame like it was around 2010 at that point too right i believe so yeah um yeah and then i think the other one that just pops in my head is like the tim ferris four-hour work week or whatever i feel like those two books were kind of simultaneously like yeah introduced around the same time period yes um but yeah and i think yeah going back to ramit's book yeah it's very practical like Mm -hmm. things that you can do to potentially you know get rich right right have that rich life or what, what your quote-unquote <laughs> rich life is which we'll right. talk about later exactly um so yeah and we actually um from reading his books we uh went to austin mm-hmm. at some point was that last year 2019 yeah june of 2019 and we went there because this is like the 10-year reunion of like the book so i think it came out in 2009 and then we started reading it in 2010 but then he did another tour and mm-hmm. he doesn't do speaking engagements so it was kind of cool to yeah, we drove down to Austin. Yeah, so he was doing a like a book signing. Mm-hmm. Same book, just like you said, it's just a little bit updated on, right. on certain things, especially like uh, he's big on credit cards. Right. So definitely some updated credit card things and bank accounts. Don't and, do this yeah. bank. Because I think on there it told you like get an ING direct account and then like. That just doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't exist. Yeah, um, yeah so he updated it. And then there's like more realistic things too. Like, hey, um, a wedding ring or a wedding doesn't cost this much anymore. It costs this much. and. Mm-hmm. So it's expanded a little bit, but I think it's uh, pretty good. I read it last summer, um, just going to the pool every day and reading that. And it was really good. But yeah, I think the trip down there was a lot of fun too, just because we tried a new service called Bond Lane and got to work on the way down there. So it was Mm -hmm. quote unquote a business write-off. Whereas 10 years ago, we were like in college, which was weird, I guess. Yeah, we actually got to meet him. So we got Mm -hmm. to meet Rami and... Hopefully we use that picture for the thumbnail too. Yeah, show the picture. Yeah. yeah, no, but that was that was pretty cool. Um, we what was the name of the bookstore? Do you remember? Oh, yes, I feel uh, like it was a cool name. It was a cool name, and they were like 
your old school kind of like bookstore that mm-hmm. did book signings or whatever. It wasn't a Barnes and Noble. Right. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what it was, but shout out. We'll figure out maybe. Figure out the, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very close knit mm-hmm. um, or felt like it at least. We were like front row, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah. We got there early. We're like, yes, we're going to leave in the morning are. front lines. Yeah. It's pretty good seats. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's a little bit of the backstory of how we started reading his books mm-hmm. and then signing up to his newsletter, um, which, yeah, I'm also signed on and get a lot of stuff from him. Right. And then he also has a lot of good courses. Yeah. Um, like a lot of good courses for entrepreneurship, for copywriting, for earning side hustle money. To, yeah. I mean, everything, anything. Um, not everything, anything, but usually business or finance related, mm-hmm. um, how to make more money. And then, yeah, eventually getting to actually meet him in person, which is pretty cool. Um, so throughout this whole process from when we actually got a hold of who is this Ramit guy? Right. Up until now, to having this business, um, there are definitely some things that we've learned right, right. from him, from consuming so much of his content. Um, you want to go with number one? Yeah, let's do number one. This is, I think, it takes the human emotion out of things, and that's automation. Mm-hmm. Before, like in 2010, I never really thought about it. I was like, oh yeah, you do your budget, you just manually do things, and he's like, no. We're humans. Like, if you get $600, a Christian gets $600 in his account, he's going to be like, oh, well, 300 for me, and then, like, 200 for savings, and then 100 for something else, like, mm-hmm. versus an automation where it's like, okay, every month, no matter what, this money gets taken out, and if you don't see it, you don't have to worry about it. Like, it's just, it's already doing it. And I think he was one of the first early adapters for, like, the common person to do automation. I feel like, quote-unquote, rich people were already doing this type of thing um, and he just kind of brought it down to other people. And for our business, it's taught us like not only just to automate money or savings or anything like that, but more so if we're doing something over and over again, how can we automate it? And that doesn't mean necessarily, I guess, uh, a machine. It could be a person, but it's taught us that, okay, let's get this and if we let's not continue to do the same thing over and over again and put human emotion to it because uh, it just takes time. And that's one of his biggest things that he's talking about is, if you could get rid of the wasted time and have something else do it for you, why would you not? Right. And I think it's kind of funny you mentioned, like, he was talking about that, I don't know, 10 years ago, but I think in a span of 10 years, automation has become a more and more prevalent thanks to, you know, bots and algorithms and different things like that. Tools like Zapier. Yeah, the technology has caught up to where normal people can benefit from automations right right i think back then there there was baby automations but i think the true power of the automations were virtual assistants or still Mm -hmm. having that human contact in there where you know for him like yeah this is automating stuff but i have to pay virtual assistants to i don't know he he does like a lot of booking of airplanes and then hotels and right he has a virtual the assistants also get him like his favorite food delivered to the hotel at the exact time that he's going to get there. So he has a lot, a lot of, a lot of nuances and automations, right. That were possible because of virtual assistants or regular assistants or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think now, yeah, with, yeah, tools like Zapier and messenger, messenger bots and like this and that um, it's possible for regular people, business owners Mm -hmm. um, to use the power automation. Um, Inexpensively too. Yeah. Inexpensively too. A lot of different things on their business, right? So, um, 
it could be from lead generation to actual even marketing. Like there's a that, uh, company that's fam uh, for Shopify. Oh yeah, yeah. where okay. it mm-hmm. literally makes you the emails, emails that mm-hmm. get sent automatically mm-hmm. uh, to your subscribers, and you don't have to like lift a finger. Right, it pulls all of your data from like Instagram and Facebook, and then says like, "Oh, this is the way you talk. Let mm-hmm. me create this email, and I'll send it at the time that your users are like awake and open already." Yeah, like crazy. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I think automation was one of the first things that we saw from Remit, and I think actually Tim Ferry is a, a big advocate to using assistants and automating things. Um, so I think at that same point in time, we were looking at all these things and saying like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, we need to automate everything. But at right. the time we were so small that there was really not much Who, to What automate. are we going to automate? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like now, you know, year four, year five, we're like, we are, you know, we've had that idea in our heads for a long time. And it's mm-hmm. just a matter of like, okay, now we, we have the, the, the processes and what are the things that we can implement um, as far as not implement, but automate, mm-hmm. right? And that's, I think, all going back to, like you're saying, like Ramit, mm-hmm. um, introducing us to... Just the possibility, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right, number two, spending on... And he's big on the rich life. So if you read the book or if you've heard of Ramit at all, it's like, he's not necessarily saying you have to be rich. It's just whatever your rich life is. But the doing those things and not feeling guilty about it. So like number one was automation. Because you automate, you can save time or you can spend money on things that you want. And he gives a lot of examples about friends who spend thirty or $40,000 a year eating out. They don't spend on a bunch of other stuff, but that's their rich life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've used it. I mean, I've used it personally, but also just understanding what we can spend money on for the business is we spend a lot of money, as I was calculating in the last couple of weeks, on technology. Like we're a technology company. We love things. And I think for a while, Christian like put handcuffs on me to like, stop buying AppSumo apps or like technology tools, like all, you know, every single week, there would be something that's like, oh, this is amazing. Let's buy technology. So for us, I guess part of the rich life is like having up to date, like really good technology, whether it's our project management system, our CRM, um, all of our technology is like really, really nice. Um, and that's like a, you know, an agency necessity, but we could go the free route for most things. But um, we've recently had to upgrade a lot of stuff, but that's kind of our rich life. Does this make our life easier? I guess. Mm-hmm. I think also education. I think yeah. that's something that we've since spent the beginning, a lot of money. spent a lot of money yeah, <laughs> on education. And whenever there is a good course or something that's out there that we know is going to benefit us and mm-hmm. we can see the return just by reading about the, the course, then mm-hmm. um, we usually jump on it and it's a pretty easy decision for us to make. Um, and again, I think we see the value in it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're saying, it's like it's what we consider rich or empowering, right, for a company, right? Um, so I think it's very easy for us to, yeah, spend money on on education. That's funny because it came across like I think it Ramit's like quoted for saying like if if you think a book is going to be good or whatever, don't just second guess it. Just buy the book because if you get one idea from it, then it could change your life. And I think for us, it wasn't necessarily the book; it was the course. And if people look at us they're like, oh, you guys, you know, maybe we don't spend extravagantly on some things, but we do spend extravagantly on courses. Like, I mean, I don't know how much we've spent this year, but I mean, probably five to $10,000 on just courses, um, which may not be a lot for some people. But for us, I mean, a good chunk of change to spend on a course. Mm-hmm. And it's not really a second, like whenever we're purchasing something, I'm, I don't feel like 
buyer's remorse or like guilty about it. I'm like, oh, like we bought Ryan an email course. If he uses it for all of our e-commerce clients, then it's going to be so much better. And even though we paid $500 for it or whatever else, it's like, it's going to pay its dividends. So we just don't feel guilty about the rewards on it. Hey, local business owners, if you're ready to grow your business online without having to work more in your business and you can spend more time on it, we created a free training on how to attract, qualify, and convert more leads online. It's 38 minutes. It's going to take a little bit of your time, but it's going to have a huge benefit. It's completely free. Make sure you click below in the description, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on the podcast, everything's there that you need. Go grab the training now. Number three. Number three. Hire and give them freedom to be autonomous. Yeah, that's tough. But he, I mean, he's really good at that. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we're trying to lean towards. Like, because I think we're such, his company is like, what, 10, over 10 years old. So like he already has all the structures and things in place. And so this is for those of you who are have been around for like 10 years. Um, you can do something like that. We're still kind of, and maybe you're like us, still molding like where the boundaries are in the company. Mm -hmm. And so we can hire and give autonomy to an extent, but then we're like, well, we've never done this before. So let's bring you back in and let's paint the line of like where the where the wall is. And then after that, once we have it, then I think that it's allowing them to be autonomous. Like, okay, you run it. Like, this is the way we want to do things. Do it your own way and um, play around, have fun, do things. But uh, don't be afraid to draw outside the lines, but we need to establish what this is gonna, you know, are gonna look like, and we're still doing that. I think that's the big thing. Yeah. Well, I feel like for sure, starting out with a new company, you have to figure out your process, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that from the get go we've had some sort of process or step or a one, two, three. Um, but I think now is when we are actually again implementing education and the technology right and just injecting into th this process mm -hmm. um that's going to make things a lot easier for everyone and like you're saying once we have this this process sort of cemented a little bit more um then it's it's easy to say okay look this is the process this is the one through z um this is some examples previously you know this is the technology that we use mm -hmm. um it's a lot easier to sort of step out because you know that that process is just a well-oiled machine that yep. it's, it runs pretty good. We've tested it, um, and it, it, I mean, it, it's an excellent process, right? Um, so I think that in order to have that, to have that well-oiled machine, like we have to go through that mm -hmm. well-oiled machine, right? And have to go through the trials and tribulations of which most people think breaking that you down. Can just, and, like I don't know, like uh, what is the word? Like you can just set it up and then not have to do it yourself, like. Mm -hmm. You can't not build a website and then tell people, like as Christian as the designer, go build me a site, even though I don't know under uh, like I don't know how to build a site. Right. Like I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I mean, it has to be. Yeah, you either have to go through it, or you have to have the experience of that process, or mm -hmm. maybe you go through it as a consumer, right, right to understand each step of the process. Because otherwise, it's hard to. Yeah, give autonomy to someone when you don't know exactly what they're supposed to be doing. Or right. Hey, go <laughs> run in this direction. You're like, oh, whoops, that was the wrong direction. And I don't know. I feel like there's a difference between autonomy and like craziness. 
and they may just feel like, okay, I don't know if I'm doing things right. I don't know if I'm doing things wrong because they just being autonomous doesn't necessarily mean that you have free reign to do whatever. Um, but they also don't know where their, you know, their boundaries are. They're like, oh, I thought you said you wanted to do a video. Well, or a website. There's a lot of different ways to make a website. A lot of different ways to do a video. So, mm-hmm. getting back to to his point of like hiring, giving them freedom is just basically not the micromanaging thing. Like we're not going to show Jack, like this is the way you have to edit the video. This is the outcome we want. You can do it whatever way you'd like, but um, that's something that we're getting better at. And once we've established a little bit more, I think we can give even more freedom. And we've, I would say this year has been a big year for us to like let us let more things off of our plate to try to give to people. And like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's not a hundred percent, but 80 is good enough kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, kind of rolling with it so number four quattro knowing your numbers all right so this is ridiculously important and it was something that christian brought up we started doing this this year like we had of our let's say financial numbers like we know those numbers like how much we make each week how much we spend where we spent money on especially big purchases and you know each quarter we try to eliminate costs that are dumb or change things to annually, whatever. So we're good there, but we didn't know like our KPIs or our key performance indicators for like how many people's emails did we collect this week? How many Facebook followers do we have now? How many people did we get on YouTube or subscribers we get on YouTube? Those numbers, we didn't have a clue. We are like, oh, look, it's going up versus tracking it because we don't know if it's working or not. Mm-hmm. And that's really like a big push that Christian had was like, let's, I want to know these numbers. They're kind of cool to know and they're good to see and good to see our progress and we can make adjustments at that point. Yeah, so I, I think numbers, it's just not the financial, but also, yeah, like growth in the company mm-hmm. and seeing, you know, if doing micro content on YouTube, is that helping or hurting? You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have any historical data on, I mean, we do if we just start looking back and thought of, you know, each analytic tool, but we didn't have a central place where we had all this, data and these numbers um where we you know make better decisions in the future as well and even the present because we know exactly what's going on on a week-by-week basis right and we kind of review and a good another good thing too is this is not necessarily from remit but like we review at least a overview of that with everybody in the team so they can see oh this is what's going on like hey our emails are growing um everything's moving forward Mm -hmm. so i think that's just the biggest thing there everybody needs to know their numbers your numbers may be different than ours as far as what you track but know your most important numbers in your business and even if it's just a simple spreadsheet like ours is or like a simple task inside of your project management system like mm-hmm. have something to to continue to keep track of those numbers yep. and then number five negotiate when possible and then oh yeah paying full to get the discount and that's something that I think when we started or we're thinking about starting profit first or even traction, we started doing that where we're, okay, we're using this technology mm-hmm. like for the foreseeable future. Um, let's purchase it for the whole year. Yep. And, you know, we get a discount off of that. Usually it's like 20 or 30%. <laughs> like it's not just a here saved a dollar a month. It's like a lot. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, Ramit has a lot of examples in his book about negotiating. Mm-hmm. Uh, your salary to negotiating car buying to negotiating credit card fees so he does give a lot of advice and he's very it's not i don't think it's frugal but it's just like 
you know, it's just you, being smart. Yeah. If you don't ask, you're never going to get anything. Right. He's Indian too. So if you know anything about like historically, like Indian people, they always are like trying to get the best deal, which I think that's where he came up with like some mm. of those ideas. Like he grew up, I guess the backstory, like he grew up like haggling with people because that was his dad. Like his dad would go to places and like you, you clearly can't haggle with somebody at a Walmart, but like, I mean, they do that kind of stuff for whatever yeah. reason. Uh, so yeah, and I think we, I mean, we've used that in our business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime that, like I said, for technology that we know that we're going to use for the whole year, we purchase it for the whole year um, and get a discount there. And I think you've, you've also asked, just plainly asked for discounts yes. for different things. Yeah. And we, and they usually get it. Like mm-hmm. um, one of them again is AppSumo. Huge shout out to them. They've been amazing, but um, yeah, depending on what it is, we ask for discounts. And then also if we can't get a discount, Hey, do you, uh, we promote your products a lot. We're an affiliate, like here, give us um, a link and we'll get 10% of everything that we sell too. So like, Mm -hmm. is there a way that we can do that? Funny thing is the negotiate part, like hopefully within the next month or two, um, we'll be able to get a car and I'm going to go back to Ramit's book. And personally, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to find these three places to find a car. And I'm just really going to document it because I think it'd be interesting to talk about, um, like, all right, this is how I bought a car in cash. And how I negotiated it and how we didn't go to any car lot. Like, I learned all that from Ramit, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cool. And the same thing for, you know, us in the future, if we ever bought company cars or something. <laughs> like, we don't have the time to go. Now, it would be kind of cool to be like, go to a Tesla lot. They don't have a Tesla lot. What is it? You have to go to the mall or something like that. To yeah, that's like those stores. Yeah. So, I think it'd be different to buy a Tesla. So, maybe this wouldn't work. Maybe Ramit right. needs to update it for, like, <laughs> Tesla. But, um, yeah, it's definitely negotiating... At all possible, at all possible, when it is possible. Yeah, you mentioned Absumo and Noah Kagan, who's mm-hmm. uh, he's CEO founder, right? Absumo. I don't know if he's, he's CEO. A, he's but... a co- yeah, he's a uh, no, he's not CEO. He's like a co-founder, but I think he's an operations guy. But technically, his uh, business partner Chad kind of runs stuff. I think. Okay, but he, I remember watching a video of him just saying that like you just need to ask for discounts like anytime you get a chance. And he went to a place. It was a quick. I think it was an Instagram video or something. Mm-hmm. But he went to like a coffee place or a yeah, that's his challenge. And he was like, uh, "Can I get a ten percent discount?" And the lady was like, "Why?" He was like, "Just because." Mm-hmm. And I don't think he got it that time. But he's done other videos where, yeah, mm-hmm. they. It's like okay, yeah, sure. I can give you a dollar off. Well, and that's <laughs> like, um, why not? I think for him, like you said, he's got the money, so it's not about that. So it's like for you as a business owner or an entrepreneur, it's about just getting that yes or that no because it's like working that muscle. So it's like, hey, can I have a discount? They say, yes, great, you got something out of it. But regardless, you went over the hurdle of the fear. Mm-hmm. So many people are like, oh. like, especially in America, it's like, this is the price? Nobody haggles with price, except for us for whatever reason. Oh, can you lower the cost of that website? Or can you lower the cost of that logo? Or, you know, how can I work with you? Like, they do that, but like, nobody would ever do that to Target. Like, <laughs> those big companies, they want to, they want to pay full price for Target, but they want to discount like small business. But no, I think that's a really cool strategy and way to kind of work that muscle. It's fun. I mm-hmm. should do that with Brianna and then film it. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see them do it. Because I would, I would have no problem doing it. Like just, I don't know. You think she would struggle? Yeah, I, I think so. I just more like, hi, like, and they're like, well, hi. And it's like, can I have a discount? And like, I just, I think it would take a lot of work for her to, like, not necessarily say it at that time, but just to kind of, like, walk up there and, like, right. like people are behind <laughs> me, and then you're asking, and, like, people are seeing you do it. 
Um, the hard one would be to like set them up to fail, like going to like Starbucks where, you know, it's not as easy to do something like that versus like a local coffee shop. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Marketing Natives. We hope you got a lot out of this. Please go make sure to check out Ramit. He is amazing. His book is amazing. I will actually put a link in here in the show notes. We're not affiliates, just really big advocates for him. If you've been listening for a while, please make sure that you go ahead and leave us an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This helps us grow. And also, we'll give you a shout out on our podcast here. Pretty cool to hear your name come across uh, your headphones. And if you are listening for the first time, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on podcasts, wherever you're watching this, please make sure that you subscribe so that you continue to see the content we put out every single week. We'll see you guys next time. The Marketing Natives Podcast is a production of Bit Branding. 